This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. No strings till the hank comes out. Make all the drunk girls scream and shout. We love it, we hate it. We're all just trying to make it in this crazy town. Welcome into the door report. It is episode 208. It is a Monday night, February 27th, 2023. We are powered. By Alaco Finewood Floors, family-owned and operated for more than two decades. Alaco Finewood Floors is Nashville and Middle Tennessee's choice for premium quality hardwood floors. Since 1995, Jimmy Alaco and his army of employees have embodied the approach of taking pride in one's craft and providing superior customer service, growing from a one-man shop to a team of 23 professionals who share the founder's passion for quality craftsmanship and customer satisfaction. You can find them out in Berry Hill. Give them a call at 615-356-0303 or log on to their website. That's alacofinewoodfloors.com. Alongside Will Byram, Trevor Hoolan, I am Billy Derrick, and today we are going to be talking a lot. We, we've got a lot to get to, uh, a lot of Vandy athletics. Uh, we will sadly uh, rehash the LSU loss down in Baton Rouge, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss what that loss means and kind of the the mood around around the team and the fan base. And Guys, they got a dominant win over Florida, though. So, so we're going to dive into that and sort of what that means, if anything. Uh, talk about Vanderbilt's trip to Lexington up at Rupp Arena. We'll get to some fan comments and questions and then a little bit of baseball talk. Big series win over UCLA. Uh, Trevor Hoolan was in attendance. We're going to get a, a report from, uh, I guess, our Vandy baseball insider. He uh, had a had a recap uh, over the weekend. So stay in touch with uh, with Trevor Hoolan on Twitter for, uh, for all your baseball needs. But, guys – how how are the vibes? Will, I'll start with you. Uh, that Florida win, did that help at all after the agony uh, down in Baton Rouge that the team suffered, but also you? Uh, no. Um, so I didn't even watch the Florida game. Uh, people were very focused on the, on the gambling side of things. <laughs> really, you know, money, whatever. Like, I have, like, a set-aside amount of gambling money. I'm not doing great. I'm hurt dog. Like, no, not a doubt in my mind. Like, like the Ed Reed halftime, like I'm hurt dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Like, that's how I feel. Uh, but $700, whatever. I felt more like an idiot for buying in to this hype right. train when I should have just stuck with the initial take that I had, which was the only thing predictable and consistent about the Jerry Stackhouse era is unpredictability and inconsistency. And that is exactly what we saw. You lost to the 157th team at the time in the NCAA net rankings. I know it was on the road. It was an incredible performance from an individual LSU player. But at this point in the season, already struggling with an early season home Q4 loss hanging over your head, 
that LSU game was it. That was a must win and more than a must win, a can't lose. Because anything you do in these last three games of the regular season isn't going to make up enough of the deficit that you had already that you were already in of the of the hole you had already dug yourself. Right. You didn't have the opportunity to slip up like that against an opponent like LSU. The three and one record, we actually made a reference to it. There are very different three and one records in this stretch. And and the number one thing I think we said kind of flippantly was they can't lose to LSU. And what did they do? They came out midweek, dead crowd, on the road, definition of a trap game. <laughs> One in 13 in the conference LSU mm. was. Probably the worst SEC basketball team that we've seen since the Vanderbilt team that went 0-18, yeah. in all honesty. And That's what we you said, went out yeah. and you lost. I mean, they they lost. They started out, what, up 11-3 to against LSU? I, I think so, And then so, from yeah. that point on, LSU kind of dominated uh, the rest of the game, Vanderbilt was kind of sleepwalking. Uh, I said that they would have to play their D minus game and LSU would have to play their A game. And that's what happened, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. uh, in that game is Vanderbilt yeah. didn't play an F game. They played a D game, a D minus, and, and L- you got LSU's best shot, probably their best game of the year. I knew it was yeah. over uh, when the announcer made the comment going to commercial break or or at the end of halftime and said something along the lines of, and this is probably one of the best performances we've seen from this LSU squad all year. And I was like, <laughs> because of course it yeah. is. And it was like, let's see if they can keep it up in the second half. And I was like, yep, they, I bet they'll keep it up, pal. Like I yep. can almost guarantee because old <laughs> Willie has $700 on the line uh, on this game. So that was the absolute death knell uh, in an already already uh troublesome game that was on the schedule that we kind of honestly breezed over uh, and it looked like Stackhouse and the squad did too and and the season for all intents and purposes is over I mean there's no NCAA tournament uh bid or or at large bid on the line anymore I think even winning out which is a big if because you're playing number 20 in the NCAA net rankings Kentucky uh and number 40 or 41 Mississippi State Mm-hmm. Like winning out still isn't going to be enough. Winning out and winning your first round SEC tournament game isn't going to be enough to get you in. So at this point, you have to win the SEC tournament. So I couldn't bring myself to watch the Florida game and and watch the opportunity that this team had just be a shell of itself. What memorial could have been mm. during that Florida game, man? The potential... Uh, for the atmosphere in that gym and and what that team could have had on the line. Everything was kind of breaking in place. Kentucky had been getting hot, so it would give Vanderbilt kind of a no-risk, high-reward opportunity to get another signature win this time on the road. Everything was lining up, and they blew it. And, I mean, there's no other way to put it. They completely blew the opportunity. So, Trevor, I'm sure you have a a not-so-optimistic outlook as well, but I guess I'll swing it over to you to – continue to rain on Vanderbilt fans parades uh, who somehow were still hyped up for that Florida game. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I did watch the Florida game. I didn't attend. Um, I could have attended because I had a ticket and I was also at Hawkins for the baseball game. And I literally could have taken after the game ended, I could have taken literally 15 steps and I would have been inside Memorial because uh, I was sitting in the outfield. Um, I did not go. I did watch, though. Um, 
whenever we were talking about the stretch that Vanderbilt was going to have, I mean, like you said, Will, we we said that they could afford one loss probably, and it couldn't be like a blowout, but like you could afford best case. We, scenario, we didn't even a loss, mention a loss to Kentucky. We, wasn't even a possibility. A loss yeah. to LSU literally was not a possibility. And I don't want to be like a, a doom and, and gloom guy, but a loss to LSU, Vanderbilt fans, I'm sorry. That was legitimately the worst case scenario. Like that was the guillotine right there that just got Vanderbilt's head chopped off. And I'm not like, that's not an exaggeration. Like Vanderbilt, like you said, Will, early season losses, they dug themselves into a hole and the net and Ken Palm and whatever the powers it be, really, really didn't like that and was giving Vanderbilt a really hard time to advance over stuff that happened months ago. Losing to an LSU team at this bad, at this point in the season, whenever you factor on the recency bias, um, you legitimately cannot come back from it. If, if you're asking about a tournament opportunity right now, you have to win the SEC championship. There's no – even if you beat Kentucky – and you beat Mississippi State, and, like, let's say you you get to the championship but you don't win, like, no. I'm sorry, like, we're not getting in. Like, it's just well, it's, it's just a it's, fact. Vanderbilt is the poster child for a team that will present well when you just look at their record, who they've beaten, who they've played. But in the NCAA net rankings, everything they have done this season is wrong, is, like, the maximum yeah. punishment and the minimum reward. So I dug into it more because we were like really shitting on the NCAA net rankings last pod. And I really wanted to make sure uh, that I had it down. So it, it weights into account. I think the number three portion of it is the opponents. Cause I'm using my phone all my, as my hotspot, all my notes are on my phone. I haven't remember off the top of my head. Not great. Uh, <laughs> but it weights home with home, losses and away wins at like 1.4 x neutral is one and then away wins and or home eh, whatever so it it ultra weights home losses right away wins and puts like 0.6 x value on home wins and away losses so vanderbilt not only has the q4 it's then multiplied by being At at home Yeah. And every win that they have had has been within what two, three point margin, mm-hmm. last second buzzer beater for their signature wins against Auburn and Tennessee, both at home, minimum scoring margin, minimum weight uh, in how the NCAA puts it in there. So that's Vanderbilt's critical wins on their just written down resume look pretty solid. You have wins over Tennessee and Auburn. Uh, you're sitting here late in the season on a pretty good stretch one stretch run a win over Florida when they had Colin Castleton on the road uh, and a win at home without Colin Castleton uh, for Florida, but just every factor that they use in the analytics Vanderbilt rates really, really poorly. They're still sitting at 87th. I mean, they were sitting at that before losing to LSU or around that range. And that just puts another anchor of a Q3 loss uh, just sitting sitting on their resume and i don't think yeah. most Vanderbilt fans because it's lsu and this will be the last thing i say billy uh sorry for uh no, you're good. kind of taking your taking your top taking your spot here 
Oh, LSU ahead. is sitting at 155 after the Vanderbilt win, like I said. And people keep pointing to the Grambling State loss. That, that's what everyone keeps pointing to is, yes, it's a Q4 loss, but barely. Grambling State is 197, 17 and 8 this season, just for context here. And Georgia sitting at 147. So there's, I, I know there's the Q3, Q4 differential, but I don't think just because people have in their mind that LSU is not a bad basketball program, and normally they're not, this was a horrible loss. I know it was yeah. on the road, and I know it's an in-conference opponent, but in the analytics, which is what matters, and I'm it not saying I agree scenario. with it, it is like you said, Trevor, the absolute worst-case scenario. This, it's the only team that yes. they couldn't lose to. Mississippi State would have hurt and would have had to – and maybe would have forced them, probably would have forced them to win one SEC tournament game in order to feel at least pretty yeah. decent about getting it yeah. at large. Once they lose to LSU, it's over. And that, that is not that I, you know, I hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope they went out, they win an SEC tournament game and get an at-large bid. But I don't think I am. I don't think I'm wrong. And I don't think, Trevor, you're wrong, Billy. I don't know where you stand here, but I'm I, I'm imagining yeah. it might be along the lines of where me and Trevor sit. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's face it. Vandy has their at-large chances are zero at, at this point. I mean, they have to go and win mm-hmm. the SEC tournament to have any shot. We got a question. Braden asked us that on Twitter. We answered it, and, and there it is. So, But, guys, going back to the winning streak, I want to throw this out there. The numbers didn't match up with what Vanderbilt had been doing. Like they had, they were on a five game winning streak playing really well. Now they didn't have a really convincing win, but you know, the no, you would look at the numbers like, why are they 90 in the net still? You know, why, why are they, you know, why do their stats not really line up with what they've been doing? This LSU loss explains it, you know, they, they, because this Vanderbilt team, most of the season, they're on their worst night, they're bad enough to lose to a Grambling State or an LSU. But on their best night, they can go beat Tennessee. They can beat an Auburn. I think on their best night, they could beat Kentucky and hell, maybe Alabama. So there's just no, there's nothing convincing about this team this year, guys. I think that's sort of where 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 I draw the line here. Where even their wins, I mean, what was the most convincing win they've had? It, it's it's hard. I mean, it, usually those are easy to say. Oh, that was it. It's not not with this team. I, I mean, maybe the Arkansas maybe game. Maybe this past maybe this past Florida game. Honestly, probably, yeah. I mean yeah. and that the guys I mean, it's, it's, hard to coach, ju- it's hard to judge Florida after they basically, without, you know, their season's over yeah. at this point. The the impact that has to morale on the yeah. team and on the roster is is a lot to do with that as well as Castleton being out, but not only just that. I mean, they yeah. they basically look like they kind of packed it in. Yeah, yeah. and real quick before we move on to I know we've gotten gotten into all this uh, LSU stuff. We'll get to the Florida game a little bit, but did you guys catch what Stackhouse said after the game? Aria Gerson tweeted about it. He he was asked about you know playing after a lot the of the game? older guys. Yeah, after the Florida game. Yeah, oh, the Florida game. God, this quote. Aria yeah. Gerson tweeted it, and I, and I think I lost you know a, a section of my brain reading this tweet. I, I was basically Aria tweeted and said that Jerry Stackhouse after the game said that he played the older guys longer than normal because he wanted the margin of victory to look nice uh, because he ne- he he thought that you know their, their net needed to be a little bit higher and their metrics and things like that. I said, well, you're just now thinking about that? Why haven't we heard a quote like this af- you know two weeks ago or three weeks ago? Like I another series of quotes where you hear that, and you feel like you just lost a brain cell. So from from Coach Stackhouse. So it's, I'll find that yeah, it's and, and, too late for that, Jerry. Like yeah, maybe maybe a little yeah. bit too late. That, that was that was 
that was an un- unreal quote, and, and we're back to the stat quotes again. So, But there's certainly not as many uh, quotes as opposed to the last time we were talking about it. But, uh, guys, let's get to more of this basketball team. Before we do, though, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, let's talk basketball and a little bit of baseball. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to a Laco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. All right, guys, I think we uh, basically put a bow on the LSU game. Obviously, K.J. Williams had a career night. Uh, I mean, Vanderbilt's fighting for the NIT at this point. I mean, that, that you can say that. I mean, I don't know if they're the last four in right now in the NIT or if, if they even do that for the NIT. But uh, right now, guys, there is a, it's kind of a silver lining good news piece to this. They are the, If the SEC tournament started tonight, this evening, Vandy would have the sixth seed, which it's crazy to say, but they, they have – they're 9-7 and seven in the SEC. But, guys, they're the sixth seed right now. The SEC tournament started today. They would play the winner of Georgia and LSU, the 11-14 game, a game Vanderbilt's been in uh, recently. If they win, they would play Kentucky uh, as the three seed. So, obviously, that will change most likely. Uh, realistically, Vandy would will probably be either that eight or nine seed when it's all said and done, unless they find a way to beat either Mississippi State or Kentucky. But Mississippi State's going to be fighting for their tournament lives, and Kentucky is red hot. So, guys, let's that moves us into the Florida game a little bit. Vandy beats Florida 88-72. 16 and 13 overall, 9 and 70 SEC, 87 in the net. So it feels like they haven't moved for about a month in the net. Uh, so that's, uh, but the LSU lost. There's no excuse anymore for where they're at in the net. Uh, guys, last time Vandy won back to back games against Florida was 2017, Bryce Drew's first season, which was a really good season looking back. Uh, and the last time they won nine conference game, also that, that, uh, that, that team there, over 10,000 announced attendance again. Guys, surprisingly good. And you mentioned it, Will, at the top. Could you imagine the noise level in that gym if they would have beaten LSU? I mean, my goodness, that the, the roof would have exploded. Six players in double figures against Florida. They shot 52% from the field, 42% from three. That would have been nice against LSU. Uh, Liam Robbins, it, it's kind of funny, guys. We're at the point now with Liam where 18 and nine and five blocks is sort of a quieter night. I mean, he he's had it yeah. seems like double doubles uh, every single night, and I mean he's he has carried this team, and he's 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 probably going to break the single season block record. He's got 82 blocks this season. That's the third most behind Luke Cornett, who has 84, Festus at 87. So that record will he'll probably pass Luke. I mean, I, I would guess, but Festus is going to be a little bit tougher. He's, he needs. He needs five to pass Festus, so and he just had five against Florida, so the Festus uh, record might be a little bit tougher. Guys, Ezra Magnone, fifteen points. Tyron Lawrence had thirteen. This is a game, guys. That 
Where was this against LSU? Now, I know it's easy to say after the fact, but this is they looked like a very good team. I don't know if you say tournament team, but this was a dominant performance and the first dominant performance all season, really. I mean, you could go mm-hmm. back to maybe some of the non-conference games, but this is the first time they have dominated an SEC opponent, and they've had opportunities to do that. They had an opportunity to do that against South Carolina. They had an opportunity to do that. Yeah, Ole Miss, you're, you got that yeah. one. So, um, you know, this was a convincing, dominant win where they controlled. I mean, you could say that South Carolina game, I guess, in Columbia, but they even just then. They dominated, but they didn't play that well. Like, right. that was yeah. the part of that game that was weird. You felt That's why I was so confident in the LSU game is mm-hmm. because they came out there, really didn't play very well. They gave you reasons. that South yeah. Carolina team, mm-hmm. who's also kind of at the bottom end, I would say very comparable uh, in where they are overall yeah. talent-wise to LSU, and they beat the shit out of them with their mm-hmm. C- C-minus game. Yeah, And yeah. so I just thought absolutely no way in that situation they would come out and play. And then Ole Miss. It wasn't Ole Miss even beat LSU point. on like, Saturday. I also weekend. don't – I just do want to add this in because I've kind of I've, – I've been very negative, but like – I understand that LSU and Williams. I mean, he went crazy. He was yeah. just unconscious, unstoppable. Yeah, I'm not. Basketball is a weird sport. Okay, sometimes a, a worser team can beat the more talented team on any given night if the shots are falling. I know that caveat. There's, but that doesn't excuse it. Like it, it doesn't make mm-hmm. the impact any less. So, like, I get Vanderbilt. You know, if he, Williams doesn't hit three or four threes in a row at the end of the game there that were pretty tough shots like maybe Vanderbilt's able to pull that one out I understand you know it's it's a sport that can the ball can bounce a million different ways but it doesn't change the fact that that ended basically mm-hmm. this new goal that had just been created and and kind of actually not just a goal but fully there the opportunity was there and then poof as soon as, as mysteriously as it appeared, it was gone. And yeah. so the, you know, Vanderbilt on the Joe Lenardi thing was like one last little ad, like on its whole own separate line. I think it was Lenardi. That was a fun others. 72 hours. Yeah. On the outside looking in, and then they're gone. I mean, there's no buzz, no national buzz, well, no you, anything. They had just picked it up, man. And it's, it's I thought so you said frustrating it. to see that happen. I thought you said it perfectly just then. Just as mysteriously as they won five games in a row, they mysteriously lost to LSU on the road. Like that, that's been the Stackhouse era. If you go back, I mean, you know, last season, you know, yep. I, I think down the stretch, we were confident in that team. We didn't think they're going to make a tournament, you know, the, the tournament, but say, hey, SEC tournament run, let's go make an NIT run. And it was a fun NIT run. But I don't, guys, there's just nothing to hang your hat on with, with, no. with this era and not just this season, but the, the, the entire, Stackhouse era. I know, you know, they went through the worst, the worst season in history and had to bounce back from that. But at this point, you're you're there, and there's no excuses anymore for a performance like that LSU game. I mean, no. Trevor, you, you you go back and look at some of Stallings, you know, games where okay, the inexcusable losses. I don't remember him with this bad of a loss. I mean, he had a long career at Vanderbilt, maybe down the stretch, but like this is a game was... that you you it, this can't happen. I was thinking, I literally, I kid you not, it was like the other day I was thinking about like before like Jerry and before Bryce with Kevin, bad Vanderbilt basketball losses that I can remember. And I'm going to, I don't even remember this team's name, but 
in 20 it was a 2012 season to where jeff taylor and all them vanderbilt was like number seven in the nation that it was a sunday game i remember that cleveland state that (laughs) that's that's the one it i remember because it was it was a sunday that's it why the hell are we playing basketball on a sunday and that was a really really bad loss but vanderbilt still ended up having a right they they could afford that that's the difference yeah but, but and, like, and this is the way I think we need to view Jerry. And I think this is a fair way to view Jerry. And I don't think this is disrespectful to any of the work that he and this staff have contributed to this program. But I think this is how Vanderbilt fans and hopefully the brass view him is he took over a program that was literally in the cellar. I mean, it was – it was really bad. Yep. The way we need to view the Jerry Stackhouse era is he's not the guy who's going to take you back to Kevin Stallings level basketball, but he, we need to view him as the guy who stabilized it and got you out of the gutter and got you on a stable level ground to where somebody else can come in and build upon that. And I don't think that's disrespectful to Jerry. I don't think that's disrespectful to any of the staff, but that's how we need to view him. I want to see Jerry succeed. I just, I just don't think he can, but give him credit. This program was in a very, very bad state and he's brought them back to where like things aren't shaky anymore. And now you have the opportunity to get somebody in here who can build upon it while you at least have some sort of momentum. And so I, whenever you look at the stack house era, like, like we said, like, there's not like a, str- like, I think last year, the NIT run, like that was a big deal for us. Like that was like, okay, we have legitimate momentum. This is a great step forward for Vanderbilt basketball. You had high expectations going into the season. You took, a step back, granted you lost your star on Scottie Pippen, but nevertheless, you still had expectations. I think that's that's one thing that that if you're Stackhouse, that you can hang your hat on, that you took a really, really ba- bad program and you brought them some sort of consistency in that you're not – you're winning SEC ball games. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think that's fair, and I think that's a great way to look at it. This is the only the only take I think I've ever had on this podcast that I like really wish I could go back and erase, but I can't. Is the fire Jerry Stackhouse take because I just didn't expect this win streak, you know, to happen, but it did. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So I'm not on the fire great. Jerry. So yeah, I'm not on the fire Jerry Stackhouse terrain, and I don't want the comments that I made about the LSU loss to seem that way, but. I do not want to sound like the fan bases that I constantly make fun of that think you can go from being literally, and I say literally as literally the worst team in the conference for consecutive seasons and turn that into an SEC contender with a double buy, you know, as the expectation in four years, you just don't, it's not that easy. I mean, I I think that Vanderbilt fans have a little bit, and it's not a bad thing 
of you know that sec traditional football fan base you know spoiled a little we deserve better Mm -hmm. than this we are a better program than this why is this team losing like this and it's kind of like people that don't go to the gym for like two years and they're like i used to be able to bench 315 pounds and i'm like well you can't anymore but you can go in and start at 135 and improve and then you're at 185 and that's better than 135 it's not as good as 315 but i think right now vanderbilt's probably benching 225 for one rep i think that they've got the combine number (laughs) they've got one rep in them and it's you know it's a respectable weight if if your bench max is 225 nobody's gonna do it's not great you know it's nothing that anybody's gonna be like i benched 225 pounds but it's respectable. And mm-hmm. I think you were right, Trevor. I think he stabilized the program. Uh, we'll see if if in the offseason there's any roster movement uh, with some of the interesting playing time and roles that guys have had. But you're going to lose Liam Robbins. You're going to lose Ezra Mignon, I believe. Uh, so you're going to lose basically Maybe. your two best players. And, and definitely Liam Robbins. I mean, he's gone yeah. regardless because he's going to be yeah, he's yeah. going to the league. But you're losing your best player and and the cornerstone to your team. So that's going to happen to you again. And that's just high-level college basketball. Your best player goes to the NBA. And that's just how it goes. So that's something that Stackhouse has to get used to, prepare for. All college coaches have to deal with that. Um, and next season, it's hard to look at that roster and see a team that is going to be better than this year and I think that is why I was so key on this team making the tournament this season because the next year if they were unable to improve and with Liam gone that's going to be really really tough to replace a seven foot one shot blocker in the paint that can also shoot threes and runs your entire offense basically Mm -hmm. as the key man in the pick and roll pick and pop action and that's gonna be tough to replace yeah and so next season ncaa tournament probably gonna be an even tougher path next year and so miss not being in the tournament in year five is a little bit tougher to defend as saying there's improvement because you already improved to that point last season this season and then the next season that feels like stagnation and then you're just kind of stuck in this place of mediocrity which is better than going 0 and 18 uh, but it's definitely not the place this Vanderbilt program wants to be. And everything you guys just said, I agree with with everything you guys said. That leads us to the question of, has Vanderbilt basketball under Coach Stackhouse hit a ceiling? Have they reached their ceiling? Is their ceiling a hot run down the stretch and another showing in the NIT? Is is that the ceiling? Now, I, it could be. Uh, I tend to to think it is. But and And I hate saying this, guys. I really do. Because before this season, I remember saying Will and I when we, you know, when we did the preview, we we talked about the the expectations for the season. We said it's an NCAA tournament or bust type season. I mean that that's that's what it felt like. I'm not I'm not backtracking on that at all. I, I'm still you know staying strong in that. But what I'm saying is, I think next season is sort of the stamp official. You don't make the tournament, you're gone. And I I think that now I but. Then again, I, I feel like some of us said that before this season. So that that's the sort of the conundrum that you know the five game win streak that showed that you have the talent, you have the roster, you have the pieces to win. But you look at the losses. Say Vanderbilt beats LSU on the road last week. Say they are able to beat Grambling State at home. They're sitting at eighteen and eleven, and ten and six, I think, in the SEC. Or yeah, ten and six. So. Nine 11 and, and 
Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So you look at that, and it's like they're 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 a bubble team at that point. You you you're able to find a way to get those two quad four you know wins. I I guess those are quad four losses at this point, right? The LSU was quad four, um, maybe quad three, but that's neither here nor there. But at the same time, guys, they have the pieces, and like they have the talent, but they did not perform when they absolutely had to. They absolutely had yep. to in Baton Rouge, and they didn't. And we've had to say that too many times. You know, I know it's year four, and I know next year we could be saying something different. But I'm with you guys. I don't. I just don't see it. I I don't I'm, see I how are they. That opinion. I I just want to throw out there that's that's not my take. Like I I don't think it's cap. I I think that Stack has potential to recruit in a level of player similar to what Bryce Drew brought in in, in bringing in five star guys because he's. And I'm just going to say this statement right now because I think we've mentioned it before, but I don't think it gets quite enough attention. He's Jerry Stackhouse. That's kind of cool. Like if you're a high school recruit, you're like, who am I going to go play for? Some 58-year-old white dude or Jerry fucking Stackhouse, who's a 95 player on NBA 2K and and whatever the kids are playing nowadays. (laughs) Like I think that Stack or Jerry came in very inexperienced. And Green, behind the ears, is a coach, not as a player, but as a coach. And he coached in the G League, and that's just not the same because you're not building anything in the G League. Like, it is the opposite of building. Like, every single player in the G League doesn't want to be there, and they're playing to not be there. It's not really the case in college. Like, you're trying to build a cultural winning program, and I think he kind of underestimated that because he is Jerry Stackhouse, and he just thought it would kind of naturally come along with it. I think you've seen improvement. Like, I don't think he's a very good in-game coach right now as far as managing the game. I think he draws up great set plays at the end of game when that situation arrives, but he doesn't seem to have good control of timeout usage and when to rotate guys in and out. You see a lot of struggling with this team after subs come in to get in rhythm together for whatever reason. I don't know why that is. I don't have metrics to back it up. I have the metrics of I've watched every game and watch this team go and runs with certain lineups on the court, and then another lineup comes on the court, and they don't score a bucket for four minutes. I, I can't explain it. I don't know why it is, but I think that Jerry can bring in guys. I think he can bring in legit recruits, and I think he will keep getting better as a coach. The real question is, is was Kevin Stallings more of a modern ab- aberration? of Vanderbilt. I I think that Vanderbilt is a long way away right now from being where they were in 2012. I think that this generation has never seen Vanderbilt. So they're like reset back to square one because in the entire age of social media, Vanderbilt basketball has never truly been relevant. They've actually been awful uh, for the entire social media age. The exact opposite is true of Vanderbilt baseball. Look what's happened there. So has Vanderbilt basketball missed the bus is kind of what I'm saying. Are are they like UT football? Are, are they kind of like yesterday's news kind of thing, like we've said before, that really resets back to where you're just another basketball program in a power conference that's went to some sweet, sweet 16s back in the day and mm-hmm. won an SEC championship about a decade ago and nobody really looks twice and they have kind of a cool stadium that pops up when you Google search cool uh, basketball gyms. So I don't know if it's a Jerry Stackhouse (laughs) 
thing necessarily. I think it's just this program has had a horrendous stretch and now it's kind of being placed on by me as well. And I'll admit it, but the issues are being placed on the coach. Um, Some deservedly so. I will say, but the issues are being placed on the coach when overall the cap, I think that's being talked about might be more just the state of the program and -hmm. really where they are and how long it's been since they've been relevant. Yeah. Well, look at, uh, look at Kermit Davis at Ole Miss. Uh, You know, this was his fifth year at Ole Miss. He was just fired. He was let go. Uh, He made the tournament. He took Ole Miss to the, to the NCAA tournament in his first year, had a, had a talented team, but went four years without, without making the tournament Uh, at, at a program in Ole Miss that, doesn't have a lot of tradition, you know. I mean, I don't even know how many times they've been to the tournament. They're not, you know, in Alabama or a Tennessee or a Kentucky at, at the basketball level. Uh, but five years, I look, I, I just, I look at that five-year mark. I, I think Vanderbilt, and but then again, for Vanderbilt, I've been saying Vandy has a standard. Um, but I do get what you're saying. Will has that standard sort of evaporated or disappeared or slipped? And I don't and, know and if that I, was really I, my take. That was more of like a question. Like that no, was yeah, really I, more like and here, out yeah. there kind of. What do you guys think? And here's what here's where I'm at with it. I think the standard has slipped. I, I think that the the standard. If if this was, you know, say this, <clears throat> let's let's say Bryce Drew ended up keeping Darius Garland healthy and they made the NCAA tournament, but you know, he goes – so now the expectations are set to make the tournament every year. He goes three straight years of missing the tournament. You know, I know this is, you know, this is 2020 past, you know, Darius Garland. You know, he obviously got hurt. But I just think the standards like, – like in the Stallings era, most of the, the Stallings era was seeing Vanderbilt in the NCAA tournament. I mean, that that's that was almost an every-year thing other than his last several years and the first few years of Stallings. He struggled out of the gate and then got rolling. I That's that's where I'm at. I just I, – I, I don't I, – I don't see a standard anymore, and I don't – it's hard to describe why I feel that way, but I, I, I just think the standard has slipped. And if Vanderbilt – like if Vanderbilt had a standard, after that Alabama game – there would have been, you know, an ultimatum of, you know, we need something big here. And they got it. That's the crazy thing. They they got a five-game winning streak, but then you revert right back to where you were in a loss at Baton Rouge, at LSU, a team of around 150 in the net. So I just – I think they're right back to where they were. I know they beat Florida. Good job beating Florida again. But I don't know. I, I, I think – I think you got to win these next two games to really feel confident about next season. Not saying even if they, you know, especially if they lose, I'm certainly not confident about next season. But even if they win, I'm like, okay, you know, it's it's another NIT berth. So for me, guys, I, to answer your question, well, I think the standard has slipped. And I'm not saying, you know, after that Alabama game, if they were to, to, to have fired Jerry Stackhouse, which I don't think would have even happened or even been possible of happening, then, okay, standard's back. You know, we're back. But I don't know. I, I just I don't know what you think, Trevor, but I think the standard has slipped. Uh, maybe next year changes my mind. Maybe they make the tournament and we were all wrong about or at least I was wrong about stack. But that's where I'm at. I just think the standard of Vanderbilt basketball has slipped a little bit. And, and that's the thing, too, it is. It's frustrating because you, you don't even know, like, really what the goal is from the outside looking in. Like, obviously, the fans want NCAA tournaments, but you don't know, like, inside of the program, like, what success is to them. Right. And I, I will say this, too. I 
I do. Jerry had a very difficult task with being a new head coach and having to rebuild a very, very, very bad Vanderbilt basketball program. I'll say I'll I'll try and compare it to football. If this if Clark Lee was in year four and he had not made a bowl game yet, how would we talk about Clark Lee? And it's I think a lot five means a lot. Year five is big. And is what and I think it, we'd be saying. And it's a lot easier, generally speaking, even if your basketball program is bad, it's a lot easier to turn around a basketball program than it is a football. Right. Let me let and Tip, let me go yeah, let me go off true. that. Let me go off that. You can get it I, in two classes. Like you can get competitive in two true. classes. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you. Let me go off of that and go to Clark Lee. This was year two. Year, year two after the absolute rock bottom worst Vanderbilt football has ever been. Ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we know what happened. And year two, you go five and seven with two SEC wins. And I know the Tennessee loss put a bad taste in your mouth, but you go five and seven in a year that I we were saying, you know, three, maybe four wins. They go five and seven. So all of a sudden, the expectations in year two rise. Now, year three, you expect a bowl game. For Jerry Stackhouse, after I guess you could you could argue the the worst yeah not even argue that was the worst yeah, yeah. basketball season in history that you can't yeah. there's no arguing that there so, had never been a twenty loss season in the history of Vanderbilt basketball I, I just right. want to say that before right. the recent so very we're, recent you know, season we're comparing this these are the same thing we're comparing the worst season in Vanderbilt football history and the worst basketball season ever Clark Lee in year two puts Vanderbilt one win away from a bowl game. Jerry Stackhouse in year four isn't even sniffing the NCAA tournament. Nope. I think that's where we're at, guys. And that's I where my that, frustration. I, I would almost from. argue. Yeah. I would almost argue a little bit to that that basically Jerry Stackhouse has gone five and seven the last two seasons. I would yes. argue that these last two seasons are the death. But they haven't. Too, they weren't on the bubble though. Yeah, they. But they are. They're like runners, last year, they weren't on the bubble. Okay, they were on the bubble uh, for a seventy-two hours. But a basketball season. Is how many games, Billy? About 30 to 35 games. Yeah. Okay. A football season, 12 games. So each basketball game waited about three. Vanderbilt, if they would have not lost to Grambling and if they would have not lost LSU, would be hard on the bubble right now. So I would say they're two performances away from basically being in the NCAA tournament or having that opportunity right now and probably being there. That's the thing. That's the thing. They're right there. They're They're NIT eligible. I would, I would describe NIT teams as the five and seven teams that are like eligible for the like teams that drop out or, or they can't fill spots for the academic eligibility of teams that go five and seven and go into bowl games. That's how the NIT feels for me. Jerry is right there. He just can't put it all together through an entire season. Five and seven is a lot easier. I don't want to hate on what Clark Lee has done, okay? Because it it was spectacular to turn that program to winning two SEC games and going five and seven. Unreal. But five and seven is a lot easier than six and six and making it to a bowl game. There are a lot of Vanderbilt teams that have won four and five games and gotten trapped in that cycle. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it is very easy to be on the bubble, Jerry. It's very easy for Jerry Stackhouse teams to be in this conversation like one or two games, one or two losses away. But taking that next step is really, really tough. And I think that Clark Lee, I said it before, but it's kind of like when companies will have 
round of funding and it's and it's too high their valuation is too high and then they go for their third round like Clark Lee's third season and now that's the expectation is anything below five and seven in year three now is going to feel like a failure and probably anything below a bowl game is going to feel like a failure this team would have gone three and nine still beat the Vegas win expectation last year in football and then goes five and seven in year three, you'd probably be feeling pretty good. Like there's positive momentum. I think the same is true for Jerry Stackhouse and not making excuses, but for Jerry Stackhouse and this team, that if they had never made that, that run at the end of the year had just kind of done normal. If they hadn't made uh, the run to be in the NIT to win some games there, get Memorial going, get our juices flowing for this upcoming basketball season. If that had never happened, I don't think we'd be sitting here saying, how Jerry, you know, he's probably capped at this because it would look like step progression that would be easy to reconcile an upward trajectory. Now it just feels like he's flatlining because you're sitting in the same spot you were last year. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I think that is potential that they could flatline here and have three straight years of being kind of a bubble bubble team. And that could be frustrating and maybe be the end of it. But well, that's, I think that's he's almost thing. captured by his own success of last season a little bit of that late game stretch. And now people are frustrated that the same thing is happening again. You're hot at the end of the year, but it's not enough. Um, and so I, I think just the big jump can sometimes be a little bit of a trap. And I'm not meaning to defend Jerry. I've been quite critical of Stackhouse, but I feel like I'm kind of, kind of taking that role here of like, he has pulled the program from winning zero SEC games to winning nine SEC games, potentially 10 or 11. Uh, and that's a hell of a feat. And I don't want to diminish that. Uh, I just, but, uh, but Trevor, take my, take what I was going to it, say. It just, and, and I, I totally agree that he, and he really does deserve a lot of credit that he has brought Vanderbilt back from like a historic dump. I and I I could be wrong, and I really do hope that I'm wrong. But it just like you said, I it it feels like that this season has hit a wall, and I just and and this is just my peanut brain. It's hard for me to think that if in year four, he keeps it's the second year of him hitting like this wall of a bubble team especially whenever it's a little bit easier to turn a program around in basketball. I just don't see how year five or God forbid, even year six, it's going to be like <laughs> a, a big jump. Like I just, I, and I, I want to be wrong. I really do, but I, I can't see it. And so that's why I think that he's hit a wall and I think that's okay. I think. If yeah. And, I'll I'll kind he's of done his, he's done a really good job of making it stable. And he, I I don't want to just say like, oh, all he's done is made it stable. Like that is a huge deal. Like Bryce Drew left this program literally in shambles. And just I, I don't I, like I said, I don't want to crap on him because he's hitting a wall. But just even getting to the wall is a big deal with how bad the program was. I just don't know if he can get through that wall. And I hope I'm wrong, but I just – I feel like if he could, he would have done it by now is, is yeah. basically where I'm at. That That's that's where I'm at too. And, and guys, I think recruiting has, has been huge too. Like 
you know, you look at recruiting this year, we came into this season looking at a guy like Noah Shelby as a guy that can maybe step up in that rotation and, and play well and play a lot. I mean, a decent amount. And he hasn't really played at all in the SEC. I mean, you know, you you saw him a little bit occasionally, but the guy that has stepped up is Colin Smith. Um, and, and it really, you know, sort of turned into the player we thought he could be. Lee Dort, of course, has been hurt. I think if in this offseason, if Noah Shelby and Lee Dort come back, that's a big sign sort of, you know, continue of the stabilization. I know you're losing Liam Robbins, and we're I feel like we're <laughs> recapping the season at this point. But, guys, I just – I'm with you, Trevor, in, in saying that is it, if it hasn't happened now, will it ever happen? Will that NCAA tournament berth ever happen? Yeah. We may never know. We may know come this time next season, but we haven't seen it yet. That, that that's just that's where we're at. And and you know, I I think you you texted us this, Trevor. You, you know, and and we'll get to some baseball talk here in a second. But I I thought you were spot on with the brass and the administration. He has done enough for them for him to get another year. I mean, he he, he has, has and yeah, he, he has. Yeah. And I'm not saying from. From if if you put us as the administration, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Jerry saying Stackhouse the, will be back next year. He he yeah, is confirmed. Like, yes. Jerry Stackhouse will be back, and you I know, will keep my personal opinion to myself. <laughs> look, I'm not. Look, he, <laughs> it's he not will that, be back. Like, I I don't personally know, and I'm not like I'm in the middle still, probably leaning towards the he's not the guy train. If we're being honest, but I haven't fully jumped into that. Yeah, because you know Noah Shelby does have talent. Lee Dort's talented. Like that's that's talented. a great point. Like there's some these talent. Kids on have some roster. real flash. So that's yeah. that's where I'm just kind of holding it's a conundrum. Off just because once they graduate these guys, what the potential could be just with the talent level that's already on the roster. So I'm holding off, but it would be hard to justify firing Stack from a from a completely macro perspective. Yes. Like not yeah. an internal Vanderbilt of knowing what has happened and the flow of the season and the quotes and whatever. Just macro, look at the record when he got here and look at what it's done in, in conference play and out of conference play overall, but specifically in SEC play and look at his win percentage, win total. It would be really hard to justify firing a guy and whatever buyout is there uh just and that's, on the outside i mean especially after you had the controversial firing even though it needed to happen of bryce yeah. drew quick i mean it would be tough for to bring in a coach at, at that point <laughs> like just be like i'm not interviewing there they're just quick to the trigger i mean you don't uh, so i think that would put them in a really bad spot financially and just optics on the outside yeah. and that's the no, last I, thing this yeah needs. I agree. I agree with that, Will. Um, and and but I, then again, I think next year is the year. Um, I think next year is the year to sort of say, okay, Jerry, this is year five, and if you still haven't made the NCAA tournament, you know it's sort of time. I mean, it, this is this is the time. I mean, you just saw Ole Miss; they made a move. I'm not trying to compare, but Ole Miss is a program that Ole Miss and Vandy standards should not be the same, but they are. So that's 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 sort of where we're at, guys. This is we're gonna have this huge conversation in the off season and, and sort of we've already started the talk of, of the Stackhouse era. We will keep it going uh, after this season. Whatever happens down the stretch of the season, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. Uh, they've got Rupp Arena, a trip to Rupp Arena uh, on Wednesday, Kentucky, and then Mississippi State at home on seven uh, on Saturday, seven thirty. And so Kentucky and Mississippi State a couple of top 40 net teams that are playing for seeding in March. I mean, Mississippi State's a team they're going to be playing for an actual berth 
They're going to be playing I, I, hard basketball. Uh, yeah. Buckle up for an absolute boxing match. Yeah, that'll be fun basketball to watch. Uh, you know, and, and I think Vanderbilt getting LSU sort of out of your system to, to a degree is maybe good for this team. You know, at this point, maybe they, uh, you know, maybe they they start another win streak. But uh, I, before we'll we see. go on, we'll let see. me just say this will be the last thing I say about it. talk about me going absolutely insane if somehow Vanderbilt goes three and one, but the one losses to LSU talk <laughs> about, I, I would legitimately like, I would put my, we didn't even, wall. we didn't even talk about that as a, as a that potential scenario. A possibility. Like, <laughs> that's the thing about it. Like we kept saying Kentucky or Mississippi state, you know, it could be one of those, but so maybe you can blame it on us. Uh, all right, guys, let's get to uh, some of the fan comments and questions. I know, you know, there's still a lot of basketball to be talked about. We've uh, we've got plenty of time for that. Before we get to some of the fan questions, though, as I find this sponsorship, sponsored by Promise Bank, Kennedy Mathis, loan officer. Kennedy has a passion for assisting families and realizing their dreams of home ownership. Contact him at 931-224-7684 or email him at kennedymathis.com. Kennedy.Mathis at PrimusBank.com. Apply for a mortgage at PrimusBank.com. They've got a solution for you. Cash out refinance, first time home buyer, and much more. Again, give them a call at 931-224-7684. All right, guys, we got a few questions here. We answered Braden's already. Uh, would a win at Rupp and a victory over a top four seed in the SEC tournament be enough to get the doors in the big dance? We all said no. Uh, so, you know, we, we can agree on that. Miller McKee chimes in. He says, is Trevor Hoolan the new Vandy Lance? That is, that's, that's a good question. Any, I haven't gotten any trouble with Vandy police yet. So, <laughs> well, that was kind I'm, of the end of Vandy Lance though. That that, that was kind of, that was the end of it. Vandy, him, Vandy man. police. If you ever see me, stay away from me. <laughs> don't come near me. <laughs> the thing I about don't Vandy, care how many people complain. Don't come near me. The thing about Vandy Lance and and what separated him was the fact that he was so different than every other Vandy fan. Like he's this, you know, redneck coming in from, you know, probably a, a you know, a country God, area. Of, of God, the God knows. And, God you know, knows he, the, the place that Vandy Lance came from. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's repping oh. Vandy from, from head to toe. And he's, you know, he's screaming at LSU fans. I remember going to a baseball game and literally hearing like a verbal altercation between Vandy Lance and some older LSU fans. Like, that, People are like that's... covering their their kids' ears because they're like, "By God, it's Vandy Lance!" Covering <laughs> <laughs> kids, but God, I mean, by that's God, what... that's Vandy Lance's music. <laughs> that's what Vandy doesn't have right now in their fan base, and you know, I think there's there's some reasoning for that. There's not not a lot of winning at the two uh, sports no, that matter. You got to be a real that... degen to cheer for Vanderbilt the past couple of years. That that could audibly be you, though, too. Trevor. That could be you, the new Vandy Lance. This, so. I mean. This will be the cross I carry. If this is my cross to carry, then I'll just let the rough end drag, and <laughs> I'll be, I'll I'll be the I'll be the villain for Vandy Athletics if <laughs> if that's what it takes. Scott, God forbid I ever also. get escorted out of a game. <laughs> that would that would be a first. Uh, that Scott, would be a first. Twitter, yes. Vandy baseball. Well, as we get into baseball here, they look like an Omaha team. If the bats can slowly get going, Vastein looks like the best player on the team, not named EBJ. And I would agree with that. Uh, Jonathan Vastein. I know Will. You know He's, you're. Yeah. You sort of sort of wanted out on the baseball talk a little bit, but I, I know you can chime in on a little bit here. Um, but Trevor, I know you were at two game, two of the the UCLA games. Um, I was at one, one UCLA okay. game, and I was at the Central Arkansas game last Tuesday. I was at the Saturday UCLA game in which they lost, 
And I thought that going to the Central Arkansas game after work would be a fun post-work treat to see Vanderbilt beat up on some rinky-dink <laughs> school. And alas, they lost. <laughs> so you need to stop I, going. I was saying earlier, like to Billy, it's like I I have the pleasure of cheering for legitimately like a dynasty in college baseball, and I cannot see these guys win in person, <laughs> and it pisses me off. We don't need you like anymore. it makes me so mad. But so Trevor was there, so we'll get into that a little bit. Um, yeah, I agree with with Scott. Their Vestine looks really good. Uh, Friday, he Trevor does. they shut out UCLA six nothing. Saturday, UCLA came back and beat Vandy three nothing, and then Sunday, Vandy got the win two to one. Their starters this weekend, their three starters on the mound, they went fifteen and one third innings, no runs, eighteen strikeouts. That that that's how their uh, their starters fared. Carter Holton on Friday, Hunter Owen on Saturday, and then uh, Devin Futrell on Sunday. Guys, I thought. Enrique making history was the story of the weekend. I mean, he broke Charles yeah. DeFrance's all-time stolen base record with the 97th. That's ridiculous saying that. Steal of his career. It's his third year. I mean, guys, I, I realized this after the game. He'll He's going to go down as one of the best position players in program history. I mean, top five, I think. I mean, yeah. He's up there with Pedro Alvarez, Tony Kemp, and, and Dansby at least already. And now, yeah. I mean, it, depending on what he does this year, you could argue – you know, the best, you know, depending on what he does this year. So I thought yep. that that was a big takeaway. Davis Diaz, Trevor, I, I tweeted about Davis Friday night. I think it was, he came up with a big hit last He's year. Got a he great really, bat. Yeah. He really struggled last year though. As a freshman, he played a lot yeah. uh, to replace Carter Young when he was hurt last year. He hit 213, 37 strikeouts, two home runs and only 20 RBIs, but he was a freshman, you know, starting as, as you know, in the SEC as a freshman is tough. This year, he's already hitting 240, six hits, one home run, seven RBIs. He's slugging 440. He's getting on base, and and he's limiting the strikeouts so far. So, Trevor, yeah. that, that's what I would say about Davis. They need him to step up because he really struggled last year as a freshman. We know what he's yeah. going to give you defensively, but if he can give you that offensively, you'll be fine. And then one other takeaway, Nick Maldonado. And I know, I know you agree with this. I know you probably saw this well on Twitter. He was nails in the final three innings on Sunday. Eleventh career save. I mean, he put the team on his back. He said, "Boys, we're, we're winning this series." You know, on, that on was so. Let your nuts hang, baseball, right there. I mean, it was it like was. twelve strikeouts and yeah. Uh, I don't even. Did you no, guys see I, how many did he pitch? Like four innings or something? Like three I think innings? It was or three? No, it was yeah. Eight strikeouts. It was eight strikeouts. Yeah, but just something ridiculous. He yeah. he looks so good. I will say about Davis Diaz too. Last year, um, he did struggle, but I will say last year, the staff knew that they had to let him get looks and at bats because even though his strikeout percentage was high and his OBP and his batting average weren't that great everybody knew that like his bat has pop and if you just keep last year if you just keep letting him get looks and get real-time abs he's gonna start to put stuff together and i think he's gonna have a absolute breakout season this year he's a big Um, he's a big x factor uh for them yes Guys, they're up. Vandy's up to number seven overall in D1 baseball's top 25. They were at number 10, so they moved up a few spots. And I know this is early, uh, you know, to even be talking about rankings, but they've got Austin P on Tuesday. Uh, Trevor's My alma mater. Uh, Trevor's alma mater. I wonder no if they're playing Tennessee but not Tech Tuesday. At all. <laughs> uh, Canberra College Classic this weekend in Minneapolis. Guys, this is at U.S. Bank Stadium where the Vikings play. 
That, that's where they're playing this weekend. And I, I, I'm going to try to get Rhett Wiseman on sometime later this week to talk a little Vandy boys and about that series. But in right field, you guys know the dimensions at, at the Hawk right now. I think it's uh, 315 in left where the where the big green monster is, but it's like 330 in right. At, at U.S. Bank Stadium, it's 300 in right field. So look out for Shrek and Ooh. some of those right-handed bats getting it, lifting it out, out of that stadium. Uh, Friday, they got Nebraska at 11 a.m. Saturday, Maryland at 11 a.m. And then Sunday, Minnesota at 6 p.m. Big Ten Network Plus. I can't say I've watched a, a single game on Big Ten Network <laughs> Plus at all. So, Vanny fans, if you if you really want to watch uh, those games, uh, get uh, get Big Ten Network Plus. However, it's you, about the same you, as Flow. Yeah, you already spent money on Flow Sports. You might as well spend money on yeah. Big Ten Network Plus. Yeah. I, I suffered the blow of thirty bucks. I, I have sports. an idea. I have an idea. What if a company packaged together all of these sports streaming products, and you could put it in you could put it in a box and attach that box to your TV, and you'd pay a flat rate for all of these. It would put it in ah. one place. It, I feel like I've heard that something before. like yeah. You could call it something hmm. like a. Cable? cable cable bundle i don't know cable. that that just seems what like the a hell is to me instead of instead of all these independent streaming service yeah you know i think that's a good idea i'm shocked nobody's tried that yet but <laughs> I, I will i will say billy um i i forget who asked i think it was scott about um jonathan vastine yes, another yeah. player another player other than vastine who i've been really impressed with RJ Austin yep. has had yep. some really, really good plate appearances yep. so far. I mean, he's on the season. He's a freshman. He's slashing 346 batting average, OBP a 414, and he's slugging 385. Ooh. I mean, one stolen base, six strikeouts. I mean, that's just the nature of baseball now. Yeah. Dudes who rake are going to strike the out. They're going up there swinging. The pitching, you, another thing, UCLA, their weekend starters, they had really, really solid pitching. Um, I do agree they need to wake up the bats. That was another thing that they struggled yeah. with last year was offensive production. Um, I mean, it's it's frustrating because you know that Vanderbilt has the bats that they can just, they can just make contact with the ball. Um, I'm hoping that it is just a little bit of it. It is – the start of the season like you have to let some rust yeah sort of shake off and then go, going up against uh get at the globe life series to where you have to face tcu who you can make the argument is one of the best baseball teams in america right now mm -hmm. then you have oklahoma state and then you have texas i mean that's a that's a hell of an opening yeah um and now and you then, bring in you bring in ucla now i mean that's a hell of a start to the season that is that is a tough start for a college baseball program so i'm hoping they wake up i think they will i'm i'm gonna lean a little bit more optimistic and say that it's just rust um it's also alan espinal season he yes it it seems like after this weekend series he's gonna be the main guy behind the dish um instead of jack bulger uh which is great because alan espinal is um He's he's an explosive one of those bat. He's one of those baseball talents that's, um, it, if 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 you're not a baseball and you're not like big into professional baseball, he's not. In this is how I can best explain it. 
he's got the talent and the raw power, I think, that a lot of guys who go to college don't have because they either are international draft picks from Latin America or the Dominican Republic, or they just go straight out of high school. Right. And Vandy fans have a lot of fun watching Alan Espinal behind the dish. He's really good defensively. And he's that like modern day, not even modern day, almost like that, uh, like Adley Rushman kind of can do literally both could be great defensively and has an incredible bat. Mm -hmm. Um, have a lot of fun watching him, Jack Bulger. Um, he's going to DH a lot. He's, he's great to have as a backup. He's a yeah, great, nothing against guy. him. Yeah. Nothing against him, but Alan Espinal is uh, an unusual talent to be playing college baseball. Just to be Frank. Yeah. I mean, he, he's the better bat. Um, and, and so I think Espinal w- will make a difference. Will any baseball takes before we, uh we, we wrap up here. <laughs> I think it's the same take. This might be our second baseball, third baseball season. I'm not sure that we've had this podcast, but I it's think why third. I third. Potentially, it's why I, I don't early in the season watch or really get into Vanderbilt baseball this early for one reason, because every year the same conversations are had and yep. every year Tim Corbin is just kind of tinkering with it. Mm-hmm. And and the only reason I have that take is because, number one, you know, out of conference, non-SEC college baseball is tough to watch for me. I mean, I, I like baseball and <laughs> I grew up playing it, but. It's just until it gets into SEC play, I don't know. It all just feels kind of like whatever to me. It all feels kind of like a scrimmage just a little bit in college baseball. It's kind of like tuning up for the stuff that matters. It's what college basketball is the opposite of what we were talking about earlier. But every year, Tim Corbin, there are always issues. Some years that are able to be resolved. But I think he almost is trying to figure out where the issues are. And then he is attempting to solve them throughout the year. And that's what it looks like just completely on the outside. And the only reason he's allowed to do that is because of one thing, winning. You can do whatever you want, and I will pretty much just be like, he's got it in hand. And Corbs, I trust. And consistent yeah. winner. And right now, that's what Tim Corbin is. So right now, in, in Corbin, I trust. Basically, until SEC play starts, you're just not going to hear these detailed criticisms from me because I think Corbin is recognizing these criticisms and actively working to fix any criticism and a thousand more criticisms than I could ever bring up on the podcast. I don't feel that way about basketball and football. So that, yeah, that's the thing. I think a lot of, for a lot of Vandy fans, they get so excited for baseball because they know that's, you know, that's the winning product that, you know, that's the two natties. Yeah. It's like, uh, is what I usually do. Yeah. And And I will say too, for Vandy baseball fans, I, I did see, the, Vanderbilt is not – I think last year, I don't think they lost uh, a midweek game at all. I could be wrong. I don't I don't think uh, they did. You might be right there. Maybe one. Maybe one, maybe, but I think but they won – yeah. Like this Central Arkansas game, I don't think anybody's talking about it, but it's just the nature it does, of baseball. It doesn't matter. Like, don't freak the out next about day, it. It's the next baseball. day, they won 13-1 to 1 against UAB. This stuff happens all the time. Like, it's just – you just shrug it off. Also, too, I haven't played baseball in forever, but it's my favorite sport. For those of you who don't know, it's really tough to play baseball in cold weather. Like, it's yeah. just the, yeah. the ball grips different. If you're a pitcher, it it really does. It feels a lot different. Swinging in aluminum or a, a composite or a BB core bat, uh, BB core, BB core bat in yeah. the cold. 
literally hurts Not like fun. hell. It yeah. like you can wear 40,000 pairs of baseball gloves and it freaking sucks. So <laughs> I think that's another thing too. You just have to wait for the weather to warm up and then they'll kind of get in their groove. And so like, and this if, happens, it happens every year. Well, it's the, it is like to every pro to a different podcast during baseball season, because it's yes. so much more forgiving and lenient of like coaching quote unquote mistakes and different yeah. things because we're just like yeah. you know he'll he, he it doesn't feel like tim corbin makes the same mistake multiple times and it feels and like it, if he d- makes it a second time he's not making it making that mistake a third time and so i don't feel like i need to hammer all of these things that are done wrong and maybe that's why you know i just feel like a spoiled vanderbilt baseball fan because i kind of just sit back and start watching an sec play and they're good and I yeah, feel really it feels so awesome. Worry about guys, if they're going to be good. They're at least you know very competitive in by far the best conference in the country. I'm already looking ahead to that series in Knoxville, April 21st through the 23rd. Oh. There's good. That's going to be a couple top five teams, most likely. Tickets are already o- at least. over a hundred dollars. Yeah, it, I'm going to try it's, my. I'm going to try like hell to get somehow get a credential to that. I'm going to try because I know and get I'm not. That I'm not game. buying a ticket. I know I. I have a few buddies out there that might that not might be able to get a ticket. If not, I'm going to try to get a credential. But guys, that's the series this year in Knoxville, and Vanderbilt That'll sort of reclaim fun. reclaiming their throne. And, and it's weird already talking about that series. That's how much I think Vanderbilt fans are and should be excited uh, for baseball. Not that basketball season is over, but it sort of is. Uh, and, you know, at least in the, in the positivity minds uh, right now, they still got an NIT run in them maybe, but uh, guys, that, that's baseball right now. I mean, they got a big series this weekend in, uh, in Minneapolis at that football stadium. That'll be, I, I'm going to get that just to see what that looks like on, on, on my laptop yeah. uh, and maybe throw it on the TV just to see what that looks like in a football stadium. But yeah, Will, you're right about baseball every year after Hoover and the SEC tournament, Corbin always finds a way to, to get his guys right. And you feel confident about the postseason. I mean, even last year, taking the trip, it wasn't that it wasn't like their most dominant years, of course, but they were still in a regional and took Oregon State to the final game, like that. You know, he he always finds a way to get his guys playing their best baseball uh, in the postseason. That's that's you're right, Will, about sort of sitting back, relaxing, and and being a spoiled Vandy baseball fan. Just enjoy it, yeah, yeah. And, and Vandy fan because you you don't get it in any other sport, that's for sure. No. So I enjoy it when take the Doves where they come. That should be exactly. A lot of the well, we got uh, Minneapolis uh, tournament, Cambria College Classic this weekend for the Vandy boys, and Vanderbilt basketball is in Rupp Arena Wednesday night. It's 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 always fun watching watching that matchup up in Lexington. I found the stat: Vanderbilt hasn't beaten Kentucky since 2016 in in any game in general. I don't even know their last win in Rupp Arena, so there's some there's some positivity heading into that matchup, but. That does it for another beefy episode of the Doorport, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors for Will Byron. Show him the shirt, and Will. <laughs> beef, there it is. Will's the beef. Had, <laughs> had to had to throw it up today for uh, episode two oh eight. I was about to say one two oh eight, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Thanks for tuning in.